寿司の親愛なる友人であるあなたを、ポッドキャストの私服のスウィートバットソルティの新しいエピソードに心から歓迎します。That was Japanese for I sincerely welcome you, my dear friend of sushi, to a new episode of Sweet But Salty, the bliss point of podcasts. And the sheer fact that I was able to give my job to a machine is filling me with an equal amount of satisfaction and fear. And we'll see where this will go. <laughs> Maybe I'll make it possible to record an entire podcast without me actually speaking at some point. I don't know. We'll see. Stay tuned. And if you speak Japanese by any chance, please let me know what Google was actually saying at the beginning of this episode. I hope it came somewhat close to what I wanted to say. <laughs> I think you'll be very pleased and very proud to hear that I'm successfully procrastinating on three papers and one presentation for uni. One paper and the presentation are due in. Two weeks from now, and I'm still incredibly chill. And I guess I'm gonna wait till Monday to start because Mondays are obviously the best days for fresh starts. And <laughs> I don't know, the strategy is either gonna break me or it's gonna continue working out. We'll see. And I'll definitely make sure to report back. But yeah, so that's why I've researched my way into a whole different topic that has. Nothing to do with my papers, and it's not going to get me any great unless you decide to give this podcast a five star rating on iTunes, wink wink, or anywhere else you're listening. I don't even know. Seriously, I don't even have Spotify, but I know my podcast is available on Spotify. I don't know, I'm so weird, but、um, no, actually, I'm not weird. I'm just broke. Okay, I'll get my Spotify, whatever you call it, when I have a regular income that is enough to make me survive. <laughs> But until then, I'll just keep producing episodes like this. Well, I think I haven't mentioned that it's International Sushi Day today. That's amazing. I love sushi so much. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of what I did yesterday just for you to be able to understand how much I actually love sushi. I met up with a friend of mine very spontaneously for ice cream yesterday. Shout out to you. And After that, I got myself a couple box of sushi. So, yeah, I'm still single and I'm quite small, so I can't really stomach a lot. But I got this box of sushi for two people because it looked amazing. <laughs> I got it solely for aesthetic purposes because I wanted to take pictures with it. And so I did. If you want to see them, they're going live on my Instagram at World of Vila today. I don't want to say it's sexy sushi. It's like sushi is sexy by nature. But I picked an outfit that kind of supports that air. Let's leave it at that. Check out my Instagram to find out how this shoot went. But yeah, so I thought it's International Sushi Day. I love sushi. I'm procrastinating. I want a five star rating and I need content for this podcast. So things were coming together beautifully. And I. Did my research. I wanted to find out why does it take so incredibly long to become a sushi master. If you don't know, it takes more than 10 years to be on top of your game and to be a proper sushi chef, so to say. So I read a couple of articles and 
It turns out that people start out as apprentices who aren't really allowed to do anything. For the first year, they are just allowed to watch from a distance what the master is doing. So you learn by observing. You are not being told what to do at all. Nothing's explained to you. You are supposed to observe what's being done, supposed to understand it, and then step by step, you are given more and more things to do. So in the first year, you're basically just allowed to swipe the floor. Wow. <laughs> At some point, you're allowed to wash the fish, to cut it, to prepare the rice. And step by step, things are coming together. And a proper sushi chef is actually not just the chef of the kitchen. He's also expected to kind of entertain his guests, to be a good host, even to coordinate everything that has to do with the billing and to make sure that the customers are happy. So there's a lot of responsibility attached to that position. And that's why it's a job that is considered really prestigious and honorable. I think honorable is a great word. If we think of Japanese culture, I think honor is one of the key aspects about that. And what I also cherish about that whole process is the end goal is perfection. So why would you take 10 years to prepare for your life as a sushi master if your aim wasn't perfection, if your aim wasn't to become the best at what you're doing? I think that's incredibly impressive but it also takes a lot of commitment and it basically requires you to make your work your number one priority in life that is likely going to dictate everything around you and what else you are able to do and how much time you're able to give to different aspects of your life so i think it's a choice that isn't really made lightly and i think it was two days ago i had this poll on Instagram where I asked, what's your priority, fun or work? And 90% of people chose fun. Only 10% chose work. The funny thing is, the same is true for me. I've prioritized work for such a long time in my life. And I'm 26 years old and I went through burnout. And I can tell you one thing, if you don't have a proper balance, it's not going to get you anywhere. Because at some point you were faced with this inevitable question, what am I doing this for? And I think dedication is incredibly important. Striving for perfection is incredibly important. But we must not forget that it is a lot more rewarding to keep working, to keep producing things, releasing things to the world. If you're an artist or any type of creator, it's better to make something that is imperfect, but as close to perfection as you can come at this very moment of your life. So yeah, what do I take away from that whole sushi research? <laughs> Excellence takes time and practice and dedication that is likely going to be a journey of a lifetime. Developing your skills is a choice and a commitment. So is developing your personality because that is always attached to being considered a master of your craft. And never underestimate how much you can learn from observing things closely, and people for that matter. So I'm going to take all of these things as inspiration for this next chapter of my life, I guess. <laughs> this next chapter of my creative process. I've been meaning to go back to drawing for a really long time, 
And I think now is the time I'm going to do it. As I said in my last episode, I was busy covering songs on Instagram. And I I feel like singing is incredibly important for me on a personal level. But I do think I'm a very visual person and I can't live without visual creation. I can't. <laughs> it's how my brain operates. It's how it works. I think in pictures. I've always been like this. So yeah, I'm just going to take this philosophy or let's call it philosophy. <laughs> so dumb but i kind of like it so i'm gonna stick to that so i'm gonna coin this term right now and you are my witness i call this philosophy striving for a perfection but being happy with whatever you create at a given moment accepting where you are knowing that you have given it your all and you have done the best at this very moment to become a master of your craft in the end and you know i just want to encourage you to pick out something that you are good at, that you love, that you are passionate about, and give it your all and see what happens. Because I think the worst thing in life is this analysis paralysis thing where you're caught up in indecision, not knowing what to do, not dedicating yourself wholly to one thing, and then in the end, you know, regretting to have given your energy to so many different little things that weren't really meaningful. I'd rather work intensely on one particular thing or make it two even, but I'd rather work my way to excellence than regret not having tried in the end. I think Kurt Cobain said, I'm pretty sure it was Kurt Cobain and was obsessed with this man for a short amount of time. I'm still low-key obsessed with Nirvana and I think I'll always be, but Kurt Cobain said it's better to burn out than to fade away. So I guess... It's better to crash in the process and to know that you've risked everything in order to achieve what you want and maybe fail miserably at it, but you will have learned something in the process and you will have learned how to be disciplined and dedicated and ambitious and focused and how to canalize your energy and everything you have onto this one particular aim that you have. You will always take away some things from that and that will change you in the process. So even if you don't become the quote-unquote sushi master in the end, you will have developed yourself and certain skills on the way to becoming the master of something. And I guess it's up to each and every one of us to discover what we can really master in our lives. We should never limit ourselves because that's the biggest problem. We limit ourselves when we should just say, let's do this. All right, people. I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> That's enough of my philosophy session for today. I hope you enjoyed this. And as always, feel free to keep your requests coming. I'm really open to any kind of inspiration from all sources and directions. And next episode, I think it's gonna be the episode. <laughs> the one that I've been meaning to record for about 10 days now. I think I'm gonna do it this weekend. You're just going to have to tune back in to find out what's so special about it. <laughs> I'll catch you then. This episode will be listening to you. You'll be able to 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 be able